Hey y'all, and welcome to Sunny D, the ponderings of a black, polyamorous, pansexual polymath. That would be me, D-Ray. I talk about relationships, relationshipping, tea, intersectionality, and a whole lot of other shit. Let's get on with the show in our different segments. Alright, so for today on What's the Tea, I am drinking Summer Rain by Dwell Tea Company because it has been just a rainy few days. It's really crazy. I, I feel like this entire week has been rain and then a couple of days of sunshine and then more rain and then heat and then more rain. So there we are. Thought I would go with the theme. Let's see. Um, Summer Rain is sweet and creamy. Um, there's a bit of cinnamon spice at the end. It's like it's almost a chai, but not quite. Have I done this tea on this podcast before? Maybe. Even if I did, here we are again because it's a great tea, clearly, if I keep choosing it. Um, what else we got? There is a slightly fruity floral note in there. It's like yeah, slightly fruity, slightly floral. I think that there might be a little bit of lavender in here, which is okay if there's only a tiny bit of it because I can only taste a hint of it. And lavender is one of those ones that are overwhelming for me in any kind of quantity. <laughs> That's not the smallest dash. Um, so yeah, overall, I like this tea. It's a great uh, black tea mixed Um like I said, a little bit of chai seasoning, but not a whole lot. Um, it's like a fake chai, faking you out. But yeah, it's pretty good. All right, so today on Raise, Rants, and Raves, I am ranting because I like to rant. Um, lately, in a lot of poly groups, I have been seeing people praising um, Stranger in a Strange Land, which is a sci-fi kind of dystopian future world where there is non-monogamy in it. So I think that a lot of people, you know, go that, that was a lot of people's awakening to um, non-monogamy and um, polyamory um in like a acceptable societal way and believe me i love me some space and some sci-fi but um i just can't get with this book y'all um now that i can't get with the book i read it it was okay there was definitely some racism in there there was definitely some misogyny in there and it was definitely like i'm not gonna say homophobia but it just seemed like relationships are not possible like oh no people just don't have those feelings at all um or women do but men no they just happen to none nobody in this entire thing be attracted to you know not women but anyways um it's definitely i think a product of his time it was written i don't know a while ago 70s maybe and um my issue isn't necessarily with the book. 
the book is, is what it is. It's with people. Now, I understand that something might have been formative for you, but that doesn't negate the shit that it has in it. And I just don't understand, especially a certain demographic, whenever you criticize their favorite things or their things that they say shape them into a person, they take that criticism as a personal attack, especially if you're just talking about the book and not anything about them, like me saying, it was an okay book. You know, there's definitely some ideas that need to be challenged. There was some racism. There was some misogyny. And they just automatically go up in arms. I'm not racist. Baby, nobody said you was, but now I'm down it. Because why do you feel the need to jump onto that? I just, there's this thing that people do when you criticize something. And because they like that something, they and people want to be seen as good people instead of actually being good people. Um, they automatically go to this, you're criticizing me, so I must defend myself. They immediately go defensive because they just don't want to be seen as a bad person. Instead of worrying about being seen as a bad person, y'all, just like, you know, try and learn. If somebody tells you, oh, well, this is my perspective as a minority, as a disenfranchised group, as whatever, um, a person with a different bringing up than you who has different outlook on life here is what I saw in the book that is a criticism on how it treats people that don't look like you or the books aren't there instead of getting defensive how about being like oh I didn't see that examine it and then become a better person instead of trying to prove that you are a good person because of reasons so that's really the the thing that I am irritated about today and on most days, but um, yeah, this just especially hit hard this week because I've been seeing that a lot. <laughs> the uh, defensiveness. Come on, y'all. Let's just learn together, okay? All right. So, as you may have noticed, it has been a couple. Or should I say a few, because a couple is two weeks since I put out a new episode. And that is because your girl got burnt out. And I kept meaning to record a little mini-sode and say, Hey, everybody, I'm still here. I'm still doing content. Um, I'm just a little burnt out. And it is very hard to record and edit all by your lonesome. Um, I do have some folks helping me with like transcripts. And that's about it. Um, and I just recently was told by a couple of people that I need to follow my own advice and get a team. And even if I can't pay them now, there are probably people who would want to help, who have the skills to help and who can get paid later on down the road. I mean, that's pretty much what I'm doing with my partners and them doing transcripts for me. I think I just don't like to feel like I'm taking advantage of anybody. So, yes. Also, I'm recording this um, at the getaway house because um, I took a little weekend away with my older sibling who lives about five hours away from me, five, six hours away from me, but we don't see each other much, especially with the pandemic um, and her being a nurse. So yeah, we're trying, to, we're trying to see each other more frequently every four to six weeks. And so... If you hear the nature sounds, embrace them. 
come with me in my getaway house cabin, which by the way, I'll share some pictures on my socials. I love this place. This is probably like, what, my fourth or fifth visit to it. I love it. And someday soon I'm going to go all by myself. Anyways, um, so yeah, I was burnt out a little bit. I am trying to form this team and, and get over my reluctance at taking advantage of people because I'm not taking advantage of them. If somebody wants to help, they wants to help. And um, getting you guys content in a timely manner that doesn't burn me out, um, you know, because I produce other types of content as well. As a matter of fact, just last week, two weeks ago, sometime around there, the first week in May, my um, girlfriend produced a whole bunch of events in D.C. And one of them was Nerd Safe for Work. Um, basically, it's pop culture, nerdiness, and sexiness, and sexuality, and how they all intertwine. And for those of y'all who don't know, I do a bi-weekly topless series called Trekkie Titties, where I talk about Star Trek, um, sometimes about how Star Trek and sexuality um, come together, like, you know, sexualization in Trek, pun far, how different species procreate, stuff like that, but also just regular Star Trek stuff, like the romance of um, Garrick and Julia, which honestly is still in sexuality, but you know, whatever. Um, what did I do that didn't have anything to do with less sex? Oh, hologram, holo, not hologram, sorry. Um, holodeck episodes, my favorite holodeck episodes, um, common themes in Trek, uh, Klingon physiology, stuff like that. So, you know, I, I do do that. Um, and there was a live version the other week where I presented for the first time just like I'm doing now with y'all and just like I do on that Star Trek series and I have a tea series as well uh, where I just talk about tea and um yeah I presented live y'all for the first time that I spoke to an actual audience that wasn't like a school thing and gave a speech because I have performed in front of a crowd, in front of a audience, um, where I'm on stage and stuff like that. But it hasn't, I haven't spoke on stage like that ever. Yeah, it was exhilarating. It was a great time. I'm very happy that I did that, um, that I stepped out of my comfort zone and went ahead and did that because I do have this fear <laughs> of public speaking, which... Y'all be listening to me and my voice and probably don't know that, but this is it's real easy whenever you're just looking at a screen um, and watching the little recording bubble go. But I kind of just took it as, you know, I'm talking to people on the screen, um, just like a live or just like this podcast. And I think I did pretty well. Lots of people came to me afterwards and talked about Trek or how they're now going to have to check out Trek because they didn't know anything about it. Um, and I got them interested. So Yay! That makes me happy. Um, and that's a great rave after that rant. <laughs> um, even though that's, you know, I'm past that segment, but here we are. Let's get it back up. Okay, so today, it just started raining, y'all. Summer rain. What did I say? Um, today, today, today on Sunny D, 
What are we talking about? We are talking about emotional intelligence. Now, someone um, once asked me, you know, how does emotional intelligence play into being non-monogamous? Um, and I told them, as with anything, I think that knowing yourself, of course, is a big part of being in any relationship because knowing yourself means that you can figure out if a person is compatible with you, which we're going to talk about compatibility very soon, probably next episode. Yeah, I think I'm going to change up my things and make next episode talk about compatibility. Then after that, we're going to talk about effective communication, navigating and communicating relationship expectations, and negotiating. Um, yeah. I'm very excited. So anyways, emotional intelligence. That's what we're talking about today. And yes, knowing, having emotional intelligence will help you understand if you and a person are compatible um, in general in that moment or maybe later in life. Um, just for background, I define emotional intelligence as the ability to recognize, understand, and manage your own emotions. And also to recognize and understand the emotions of others. But today, we're just talking about focusing on yourself and what you can do to gain more emotional intelligence internally and not externally. That is, figuring out what other people's emotions might be, what they might mean based off of, you know, what you know about their background and what you know about emotions and systems of emotions. No, we're not going to go deep into that. Today, we're only going to talk about self-emotional intelligence, the ability to recognize, understand, and manage your own emotions. So what are some things that are included in emotional intelligence? Like what is emotion? I, I said all that, but what does that mean? What does that, what is that, when you break it down, what really is emotional intelligence? How can you say you have it or not? I think that there are seven things that define emotional intelligence. All these things put together is how you build and determine what your emotional intelligence is. So, number one, self-awareness. That is being aware of the things that you are thinking and feeling and why now a lot of folks think that self-awareness just means oh um i know this about myself and i know that about myself um i know that i don't like this thing or that thing okay yes that's cool however that's what you're thinking your opinions about things um your background and and stuff but i think people don't take the time a lot of folks some folks do of course but a lot of folks don't take the time to be aware of what they are feeling and by that i mean sometimes you have emotions and you don't understand what they are or you push them off because you feel like you don't have time to deal with them um or you feel like you have one emotion but whenever you dig deep it's actually something else i think a part of self-awareness is recognizing what emotions feel like to you when you're angry what happens 
When you're nervous, what happens? When you're embarrassed, what happens? What does your body do? Because for me, whenever I'm nervous, certain parts of me sweat. And when I'm angry, other parts of me sweat. <laughs> um, yeah, when I'm overwhelmed, like my hands will get numb. Um, I can feel the tips of my fingers whenever they start getting very cold. I know, okay, that there's an issue right now. I cannot... Like I can shut off my emotions, but my body maybe will tell me how I'm feeling. Um, and then examining why you have those thoughts and feelings. Like that requires time and breaking some stuff down. So if you know that a certain action makes you angry all the time, dig into why that is. Why does that upset you? Is it just something that's inherent? Like mouth noises? irritate me <laughs> and that's just just a thing nothing happened to me you know with mouth noises I just they just irritate me a lot like a lot um, when folks don't remember certain things that upsets me and that's because um, I've had folks in the past say they don't remember and it's just an excuse for them to well they could have not remembered but that person in other ways made me feel like I didn't matter or was an afterthought to them. And so certain things, if you don't remember, I will feel like you think I'm an afterthought and that will make me sad. So sometimes examining why you feel a type of way will help you face things when there is other things at stake or, uh, or other reasons for things. Like for instance, if you have a partner who has memory issues, now you know, hey, maybe I shouldn't be upset. It's not that they are discarding me or thinking less of me, but because of this. However, I know this makes me feel that way. So what can I do to replace that feeling with something else if this thing happens? Just being aware of the things that you're thinking and feeling and why. It, it, it will also help you... Um, know that maybe there's certain folks that you just can't have a relationship with um for instance if you know that giving someone constant reassurance is not something that you can do based off of your thoughts and feelings when somebody comes to you and says i need to you know talk to you one hour every day or I'm going to constantly ask you, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Like multiple times a day. Being aware of why that annoys you and if you can get past it or not and if you can move past those feelings or not will help you understand if you and that person are compatible. So there we go. Number one, self-awareness. I hope what I said makes sense because I, um, yeah, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. But anyways, so next Self-regulation. Self-regulation is being able to assess the situation instead of just auto-reacting. That is, something happens and you get an influx of emotion. And instead of lashing out, being defensive, I was just talking about this earlier, you know how to stop, collaborate, and listen. <laughs> no, 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 for real though. You know how to stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop, 
<laughs> and um, yeah, no, no, no. Would you? I'm so silly. Okay, so it's really something happens. You get upset or sad or angry or jealous or nervous or whatever, what have you. You're able to take a step back and say, "Hey, I need a moment because I'm having feelings." And then being able to assess the situation for what it is. Instead of just automatically reacting off of the emotions that you have. Something happened. It made you angry. And you say, because it made me angry, I am entitled to react this way. But that may not be true. That thing could have made you angry for reasons that had nothing to do with the other person. That had nothing to do with the intention. That had nothing to do with anything, really. And you need to be able to self-regulate not automatically react stop take a look at the situation from outside and say okay if i just look at it diplomatically this is what's actually happening these are just the facts assessing it maybe responding then maybe responding later and then coming back and saying hey this thing happened and the way that you phrased it upset me i can see that there might be nothing wrong with your phrasing, but because of the way I was raised and some of my past trauma, I can't do that. Instead of automatically going into, I can't believe you said that shit to me like that. So there are several strategies that folks recommend for self-regulation. Um, basically methods for managing yourself. And um, I'm going to say a few here and you can take any that resonate with you and use them. Um, or use any strategies that you know of already. So what are some ways to self-regulate? One, situation selection. So this is the thing where you determine if the situation that's happening to you is real or imagined. That is, a lot of times we tell ourselves that something is happening and we base our assumption that this is what is going on on different cues that may or may not mean what we think that it is. For instance, situation being real, I am talking to my partner. Situation being imagined, they have a weird look on their face, so that means they're upset with me. Them being upset with you for the moment is imagined because you don't actually know what the weird look was. It could be gas. The situation that's actually happening is that you're sitting and you're talking to them, which is a good thing because talking to your partners when you're communicating about needs and wants and even just communicating about anything at all is a good thing. So you stop for a second and you say, is what I'm getting emotional about real? Is it, is it the facts of the situation or is it what I'm imagining the situation is or what it could be or what it could mean? Bam. Um, another thing is situation modification. Now, my one of my partners does this all the time. Basically, it's if there is something that's happening and there are high emotions or uh, very hard emotions, you like say something humorous, lighten the mood, or you like modify what you're talking about a little bit to take the edge off. Now. Now, this may be something that may or may not work because depending on the type of person that you are, you may not like it that somebody is talking, like being humorous in something that you're 
very serious about. But there are other ways to modify the situation, such as changing the environment that instead of having the original environment that you were in, you like, okay, can we take a moment and go take a walk? Here we go. Another way is taking time for yourself. Just being like, hey, I need a moment. Can I come back to this in however long? Um, and then you would go and you would do certain things that help you understand your emotions. So you're creating space to feel the emotion and to understand it, to do that self-awareness, um, that discovery, to figure out what it is. Um, and that's basically noticing what you feel, naming what you feel, and accepting the emotion, and then going back into the situation. There we go. Self-regulation. Um, next, accountability. Taking ownership of your own emotions and actions. That is to say, if something happens and you have offended somebody, you take responsibility for that. If something happens and you reacted in a way that later on you feel like that reaction was more than a situation called for because you were triggered, that you take ownership of your emotions, of those reactions, um, knowing that just because you have an emotion doesn't mean that somebody is wrong or that somebody has intentionally harmed you. Um, sometimes we have emotions. Sometimes we are sad and it's nobody's fault. Sometimes situations are just shitty and that's nobody's fault. So taking ownership of your emotions and knowing that those are your emotions and another person is not necessarily responsible for them, even though they should be considerate of them if they love you. So accountability. Um, number four, knowing how to express your emotions physically in a healthy way. Sometimes we have to get emotions out and some of the ways that folks do that are harmful to themselves and to others. And so researching ways and figuring out ways for you to release tension and emotions in your body while being healthy and not harmful, it's very important. I can't tell you what to do. Some people, you know, kickbox, some people um, hula hoop or do other flow arts. Some people dance. Um, some people take a take a jog, uh, do other kinds of exercise, sing, whatever it is, whatever you need to do, you do it. All right. Wow, it is really storming, y'all. And I know you're going to hear this because it is loud, but that's okay. Um, next, number five, I believe, is communication. Um, and that is knowing how to Articulate your emotions clearly to others. So, part of, I think, self-awareness, learning how to be aware of the things you're thinking and feeling and why will also help you learn how to talk about your emotions. I think this is very, very important because you want the folks that you love to understand you. But not knowing how to explain how you're feeling 
does not help with that. <laughs> um, there is this thing, and I'm going to put a link to it in the uh, show notes called the feelings wheel. And it's something that I use a lot whenever I'm in my alone time. So I'm that's basically something happened, feelings cropped up, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, maybe a little confused. And so what I would do is take out the feelings wheel and I would say, what is the the pervasive emotion right now? And wherever it is on the feelings wheel, say, okay, so what are some, you know, like parallel emotions to this or some similar emotions to this? And then on the feelings wheel, it will show you, it'll, it goes like from general into more specific. And you're like, oh, okay, you know, I'm actually feeling embarrassed. Um, or I'm also feeling shame and knowing like be, having that tool to say here is an emotion that I feel like I might be feeling but how can I make it more specific and being able to do that and doing that enough times you'll be able to kind of use it without using the feelings well it's like what am I actually feeling right now I'm feeling angry but am I, I, I yes I can be angry but am I also feeling disappointment because once you get those specific emotions, let's say like two or three, you can say, okay, well, why am I feeling disappointed? I'm feeling disappointed because this thing didn't happen and it's we said it was going to happen. Um, and that way, you're able to really get down to these core issues and then artic articulate that issue and how it made you feel to the other person and to me that aids so much understanding and so much and like actually figuring out some compromises or figuring out a plan of action and way forward whenever you do that because it's now instead of just saying i'm angry because we didn't go to the place for dinner that i wanted you can say I'm disappointed because I was really looking forward to this thing and I also am feeling a little is that hell oh my god I may or may not leave this in here but I heard some tink tink tinks and I'm like that don't make no fucking sense and okay and I'm back and I think I'm not going to edit that out I'm going to leave it in we shall see um, but as I was saying, you can, um, what was I saying? Oh, yes, yes, yes. As I was saying, communication. Um, there are several ways. I, I mentioned the feelings will and how you can use that to guide your conversation and to say, hey, I felt an emotion when you were doing such and such thing. And I think that that emotion is this at first and now I think it's this deeper emotion and the reason that I feel that way is because of this and so there are several strategies that you can use to articulate your emotions clearly to others um, I like I said use the feelings will because I really really enjoy it um, I make it a point to tell folks this is how I'm feeling right now I am not asking you to do a thing yet or maybe at all because it really depends on how I'm feeling, what the parameters are around the emotion and all of that, I may not even want them to even take any action, which is which is fine. I may just want to express my emotions and sometimes that's all you need. Um, back whenever my 
partner had a metamor that I wasn't too keen on that had said a few things that triggered some stuff in me. I basically set him down and said, I'm having these emotions. These are the reasons that I'm having these emotions uh, about her. And then that leans into our relationship because the emotions that I'm having about her remind me of a lot of situations in which people close to me, partners and close friends have hurt me um, because of another person that's not my partner or my friend doing this thing and them like taking their side, not necessarily taking their side, but yes, taking their side and minimizing my hurt that happened because of this other person. And so, yeah, I, I basically told him, I'm not asking you to do anything right now. I'm just letting you know how I feel so that you can understand that there may be times where I need to leave this situation. There may be times where I decline on hanging out. There may be times where I might react in a certain way that seems out of not out of character but out of the context of the situation and it's because I have these feelings I'm working on them I don't need you to do anything the only thing that will help me with these feelings is me working through it myself and also time time showing me that you aren't necessarily going to minimize my pain or minimize my hurt if that was to happen so knowing what emotions you have that is self-awareness being aware of the things you're thinking, feeling, and why. Self-regulation, being able to assess the situation instead of auto-reacting and going and figuring out what it is that's happening and why you're reacting the way that you are and then being accountable to your own emotions will help you communicate these emotions clearly to others. Once you've done all those steps, it will help you communicate your emotions clearly to others. And um, I did not forget expressing your emotions physically in a healthy way because I just feel like that's something that you can always, that goes with all the rest of them. You always keep that in mind. Um, and it, it's a part of all of these because expressing your emotions outwardly, because sometimes we got to get it out, expressing your emotions outwardly and having ways that you can let that out will help you not to necessarily do those other things, um, the self-harm or other people harm things that may happen in each of these steps. So there we go. All right. And so um, number six, understanding, being able to put yourself in another's frame of reference to understand their emotions better. And this helps um when you're dealing with other folks, of course, and what they might have said or done to you. I am having another episode that's about communication and specifically translations, translating in relationships, not necessarily in different like languages as we think of them, but different languages as what are words, connotations, slang, feelings, all of that that people have that are different than somebody that they're just communicating with. Because a lot of times we're saying the same words, but we're meaning different things. And so I have another um, episode that's about the actual physical communication, but this right here is similar 
Um, and that is, you know, understanding, being able to know, especially if it's somebody you're close to. If it's not somebody that you're close to, I don't know. I feel like it's not as a big of a deal. But if you already know the experience of the general experience of the person, you should be able to do this a little bit. But when it's your partner or, or, or a friend or just somebody that your your people, when it's your people, you should be able to put yourself into their perspective, into their frame of, re- of reference to understand their emotions better. So let's say that somebody, you were having a conversation with somebody and they snapped at you. The first thing that you would think of and I'm not saying that the person snapped at you is right, but sometimes we snap at each other. I snap at what there's a partner that I have and we snap at each other all the time, but we always come back and say, this is how I'm feeling. And I know that you didn't mean this. Okay. I'm going to give an example because this just happened yesterday or the day before my partner was talking to me about an issue that we had in the house. Because home ownership, y'all, is tough. It is tough. So he was talking to me about an issue that we had in the house. And while he was saying something, um, he mentioned, because this happened in this time frame. I, some points about me, I won and was raised in a household where people, it was a big-ass family. And people talk to each other all the time. I don't see anything wrong with interrupting people. And two, I have... This huge, not a huge issue, but an issue when I have um, involved conversations face to face or like over the phone, just talking instead of written, because there are times in the conversation where something was said and I'm like in my head, okay, here's a point, And I need to remember that point because there's something I want to say to that. And then by the time the person finishes everything they have to say, I have five different points and now I've forgotten all of them. And it's very frustrating for me. And so one way that I've tried, I've been trying for the last few years to prevent that is telling the person, hey, I have to take notes because I'm not going to remember all of this. And so I'm not texting while you're talking. I'm, I'm writing down some reactions so that I can say think about the thing like I can say what it is that I want to say to that one point or just one little word or whatever to jog my memory and then I can continue to listen to you because I'm not half listening to you and half holding the point in my head because sometimes when you have these deep conversations several things as you're going back and forth are said when one person is talking one person is talking for two minutes several things can happen in those two minutes and I personally feel like every single point matters if somebody is talking to me and they are engaged and we're engaged with each other and I care about them, I think that everything that they say matters. So I want to address every point that they had, every concern that they had. And I can't do that if I'm being met with five concerns and now I've forgotten what the first one is. I'm trying to hold it on to my head and then I wasn't really listening to all the things that you were saying. So anyways, um, my partner knows this about me, um, but he also has his own trauma around being interrupted and not people not wanting to hear what he has to say and so he said this thing happened in this time frame and I said oh wait it didn't but continue and he walked away and I was like can you please finish what you were saying and he said no why would I you don't want to hear what I have to say and I was like I do want to hear what you have to say I never said I didn't want to hear what you have to say I was 
disagreeing with a point that you have. And he was like, yeah, you disagree with me. I was like, me disagreeing with you does not mean that I do not want to hear what you have to say. Is it wrong for me not to have the same uh, like perspective as you? Is it wrong that I don't think that that thing is necessarily true? He's like, well, it's, I don't necessarily think it's wrong, but it is like you calling me a liar. And I was like, no, I'm not calling you a liar. And I'm sorry that I interrupted you because I understand that it was hurtful and that it cut you off and that it did. people don't like to be interrupted. You wanted to finish saying what you had to say. I just knew that I was going to forget because you said that there was more to it. And if there was much more other than one other thing, then I wasn't going to remember to tell you the information that I extra information that I have for you. And I just got a little flustered and frustrated because I wasn't sure how much more you had to say, because there's also this other thing where when somebody's talking and I have a thing, I know that it upsets them. If you ask somebody, how many more points do you have? (laughs) People also don't like that, but I really need to know because I'm like, how am I supposed to, if I'm not taking notes and I'm supposed to wait till you finish everything that you're saying, how am I supposed to remember all five points? Anyways, so... Um, so I apologize for interrupting him because that wasn't nice. And, um, he was like, you know, I understand. I, I know that you, you wouldn't remember and you wouldn't know how much more I had to say, which was actually quite a bit. Um, and he was like, I'm, and I'm sorry. And I was like, yeah, what I wanted to say was that the thing that you said happened in the same time frame, it actually happened a day and a half before that happened. I forgot to tell you guys that I experienced it it then. So I wasn't saying that you were a liar or that I didn't want to hear what you had to say or that you were wrong. I knew that you didn't have all the information because I was home alone and this thing happened. And I meant to tell y'all, but I got busy and didn't. And so he was like, oh, that makes sense. I was like, that's that's it. Um, But if I would have gotten three more points, I promise you, I would not have, I know from, experience I would not have remembered the first point because later on we talked about the other points and I was like okay and I had shit to say about that too so anyways that whole conversation could have gone much worse and it could have ended up with us yelling at each other and I will say this in my past relationships it has um but because we both were able to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and they're like I know how they feel about this thing and we were able to stop take a step back and say this is how I am interpreting the situation this is what it means to me but that doesn't mean that's what it means to them so like my 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 boyfriend saying interrupting means that you don't want to hear what I have to say that you think that what I have to say doesn't matter and then I'm stupid. And I'm like, I don't think any of those things. I actually want to hear the rest of what you have to say because we're talking about a household issue. I want to know. I am just like interrupting just means I had something to say to that one point that you had continue after I said my thing. And for me, when somebody walks away from me in the middle of a conversation, that means that they don't care about my opinion and that they don't care if I may or may not be right or have more to add to the conversation because the only things that matter is their words and they wanted to leave it at that that's not why he walked away I know that he walked away because he was frustrated he needed a moment (laughs) 
Um, but if we both would have just taken what we understood those actions to mean instead of putting ourselves in each other's shoes and what those emotions actually or those actions actually mean to the other person's emotions, then it would have turned out much worse. So number six. All right. So and then the last one that I want to say that's not really a tool or anything like that. It's just a mindset. And that is being motivated to constantly evaluate yourself, your emotions, your reasons for that emotions and want to do and be better for yourself. And not just because you have some partner that's like, if you don't do this, then we're going to break up or, you know, some friendship or for clout or because you want to be seen as the woke bitch or whatever the fuck. Do it for yourself. Do it because you want to be a better person because you want to have a handle on your emotions this because you don't want to be angry or sad or jealous or whatever all the fucking time so yeah that's the very last one is and that one is just a mindset of i want to be better I, I i am constantly evaluating why i did the thing that i did why i felt the way that I felt and not just automatically assuming that everything that I do and feel is 100% right, no objectiveness at all. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go back through all of the things. Um, again, the emo- today we were talking about emotion awareness, which is the ability to recognize, understand, and manage your own emotions and sometimes understand and recognize the emotions of others. And The things that are included in this are self-awareness, being aware of the things that you're thinking, you're feeling, and why you feel that way. Self-regulation, being able to assess the situation instead of just auto-reacting. Accountability, taking ownership of your own emotions and actions. Knowing how to express your emotions physically in a healthy way. Communication, being able to put yourself in another's frame of reference to understand their emotions better. And finally, being constantly motivated to evaluate yourself, your emotions, your reasons for those emotions, and wanting to do and be better on your own. Um, and that's all I got for you guys today. What? Um, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I also wanted to talk about... Um, what questions do you ask to determine how much emotional intelligence a person has? And when do you know that you are not compatible with the person in terms of emotional intelligence? How do you determine how much emotional intelligence a person has? Like, what questions do you ask? This is a very great question. I really think that sometimes you don't know how much an emotional intelligence a person has until you have talk to them extensively you've gotten to know them a lot you've seen them in several different situations but there are things that you can use to guide you um to see if a person has some of emotional intelligence uh yeah so some questions that you can ask folks that will kind of let you know where they are in terms of Uh, where they are in terms of understanding their own emotions and being able to articulate them. So some of the things. What makes you angriest and why does this make you angry? How do you deal with a bad day? How good are you at asking for help? This is great. (laughs) Because baby, that will tell you a lot. 
It will tell you a lot about me. Um, why are you good or not good at asking for help? Tell me about a time when your mood altered your performance, positively or negatively. What's something you're really proud of and why? If you started a company or a nonprofit or an organization, what would its top values be and how would you communicate that? Tell me about a time that somebody criticized something that you did or your work. What was it? How did you respond? And what did you learn? How would you resolve a dispute between two friends or two partners? And then whenever you do this, ask the follow-up questions. Say, you know, what did they say after you said that? How did your relationship with that person change? Did you face a similar situation with somebody else and you handle it differently after that happened? Um, yeah, these are just questions that you can ask. And I am all for, like, I think people think it's uncomfortable or weird or awkward to ask these certain types of questions. But I definitely think that it's okay to ask them, especially in a date setting. It's cool. Just like you ask somebody what their favorite color and shit is. So, yeah. Um, and then here are some things, some questions. Those are just some some random questions that I just, you know, threw out. And you can definitely think of some more based off of those questions and things that I've stated before. Um, like, I can say, what's the time that, that I just thought of? What's the time that something upset you? And how did you respond physically to that? Um, if you would like to share... What's something that happened to you in your childhood that still affects you to this day? Certain things like that. Um, and those are questions that you can ask throughout several dates. Throughout one date, if you just want to go dig deep and have a date like that. I also wanted to talk about a few signs that you can observe without asking questions to see if somebody has emotional, where they fall in the emotional intelligence spectrum or meter. So... Number one, the person handles criticism well without denial or blame, excuses, anxiety, or um, pushing it off. And their initial reaction, noting what their initial reaction is, and then noting what their subsequent reaction is from the initial reaction, how they handled it, depending on if the initial reaction might have been neutral, good or bad, and then how they handled the follow-up or the fallout to that reaction will tell you a lot about where they sit in terms of self-awareness, self-regulation, and their motivation to be a better person. Another sign, they're open-minded. That doesn't mean that they have to accept everything but they will at least listen to a situation without initially reacting to judgment they don't automatically dismiss shit just because it's different from theirs now of course i'm going to put the caveat in here of certain motherfucking situations and people that do this shit and are like clearly we need to listen to the bigoted ideas because we can't just dismiss them because they're different from our own i'm not talking about that shit all right, I'm I'm not I'm not even about to I'm not even about to address that. No. Um but a another observation that's related to this is that they're good listeners. They're able to listen. Um they able to separate the facts 
from somebody's interpretations, from their reactions, from their impressions or what they feel like it is. And they are able um, to step out of it and be and be diplomatic and to be unbiased. Um, and also related to that, they don't sugarcoat the truth whenever they're telling you their interpretation of the situation or their advice. They don't shy away from speaking the truth or using tricks to try and soften some things. Like I, there are certain things that, yes, you can use and you can use certain language so it's not as harsh and things. But this person doesn't shy around telling somebody that they're wrong um, or saying that they themselves are wrong, which is the next point. They apologize when they're wrong. They don't have to prove when they write all the time. They don't have to look for excuses and say, yeah, I was wrong, but or all of that. They can just say, I, I messed up. It's not what I intended. Can we try again? How do, how, how do I make it so that I'm not messing up? And so I don't think that these are the only signs that somebody has high emotional intelligence, but I do think that they are very good indicators that somebody is has high emotional intelligence is constant and is open to working on it. All right, so moving on. When do you know that you're not compatible with somebody in terms of emotional intelligence? That is, if a person doesn't have a certain amount of emotional intelligence or is at odds in the way that you would prefer somebody to have an emotional intelligence when they're dealing with you, your triggers, your traumas, your idiosyncrasies, your personality, what boundaries do you put up to maintain the relationship? Or at what point do you just transition the relationship to something more manageable? And honestly... This is a question that I want to ask y'all because this is something that I feel like I'm constantly learning, that I'm constantly butting up against um, with friends, with potential sexual partners, with potential emotional partners, romantic partners, whatever you want to call it. I feel like that this is something I'm constantly having to evaluate to figure out where... How do I know that I'm not compatible with somebody in terms of emotional intelligence? I can think of practical things in which I'm not compatible. Like I said, next time we're going to have an episode about compatibility and we're going to talk about this more. Yeah, so I leave you with that. When do you know that you're not compatible with somebody in terms of emotional intelligence? Um, for me, as far as what boundaries I would put up to maintain a relationship, it really would depend on what specifically that we're incompatible about and what point do I manage or what point do I transition relationship to something more manageable that's if the it all this shit keeps button up against us if there's so much friction over and over and over again that we're both just frustrated all the time when the good outweighs the bad whenever I don't feel vulnerable and safe and secure and trusting enough to share certain shit with them to share my emotions with them like I know what my emotions are but I, I I don't I don't feel like I can share them with you because of how you might take it or react or where this conversation might go because of where we both are in our lives I will definitely just transition and back off a little bit um in that way um all the way instead of just putting up boundaries of I we just won't talk about this thing together or we just won't do 
this thing together. Um, and I leave you with the question, when do you know that you're not compatible with someone in terms of emotional intelligence? That's something I'm asking myself all the time and I'm constantly trying to figure out. And next week, or maybe not next week, but week after next, we will talk about compatibility. So join me then. And that's that on that. This episode was recorded, edited, all that shit by me, D-Ray. Full transcript can be found on this episode's page at sunnydpod.com. Theme song is by Calpin Creations. You can find me at my Facebook page, sunnyd, at facebook.com slash sunnydmix. And join my, for the free, Facebook discussion group, Sunny D Pod. Find my Instagram at Sunny D Pod, my TikTok at Sunny D Mix, and my ratchet ass Twitter at Lil Wild Mix. Also, you can find me on Patreon where you can support me monetarily and get some little goodies that I cooked up for you. And you can find that at patreon.com slash Sunny D Pod. Thanks, folks. Stay foxy, y'all. <laughs>